chapters seventeen and eighteen of the long long trail by max brand this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter seventeen silence lay over the house of morgan valentine no one had asked charlie for his ultimate decision but lewis stole down to the family that afternoon and reported that charlie was in his room upstairs working busily over two revolvers oiling them cleaning them testing their balance with nervous care that report was more forcible than the most violent affirmation on the part of young valentine of his determination to face judd boone and fight him man to man even the hand of morgan valentine was unsteady as he lighted his pipe his wife had dropped her head upon her hands with a moan and elizabeth cried out one would have thought that a death had been announced but as for mary she still turned in her mind the gambling chance which she had determined to take it was no less than a purpose of leaving the house and going to salt springs to speak with dan carroll and through him send to the outlaw jess drear an appeal for help yet it was not easy to do this if she stated that she wished to go to town some one of the family would accompany her and if she wished to see dan carroll questions would certainly be asked for the repute of carroll was a sooty one and contaminated all who touched him even if she slipped away during the day and reached salt springs unknown to the family it would be impossible to see carroll without letting half of salt springs know to whom she made her visit not that she really cared what public opinion murmured about her but if her visit were a public matter there was very little chance that carroll would tell her where she could find jess drear it was a trip that must be completed between dark and dawn and for this she laid her plans one thing favoured her the family did not sit up late in the living-room for it was a gloomy matter to stare from face to face and read in each eye the same foreboding which filled one's own mind mrs valentine close to tears was the first to leave then charlie who had remained white-faced sullenly defiant apparently decided that he dare not risk the complete breakdown of his nerves he rose muttered his good-night huskily and hurried from the room the others trooped away one by one leaving morgan valentine alone beside the fire the report of lewis had made him show one touch of emotion but neither before nor since had he appeared to be in the slightest degree concerned as soon as she was in her room mary hurried into her riding-clothes before she put out the light and crept into bed for she feared that visitors might come and they did first elizabeth and then mrs valentine came in and leaned over her but when she heard the regular breathing she apparently decided that the girl was asleep she leaned and touched mary's forehead with her lips and then stole from the room mary was deeply moved for it had been years since her aunt had showed any true affection and when a little after this the house was quiet she got up pressed her hat on her head and slipped out by the rear of the house five minutes later she was speeding down the road on her sturdy little morgan mare docile as a pet dog and durable as leather midnight brought her to salt springs with the dust of the street squirting up around the hoofs of the mare she rode on between the rows of black silent houses until she was close to carroll's place 
then she swung her horse between two dwellings and came out directly in the rear of the big saloon the midnight of salt springs was the noon of dan carroll his saloon burst with light and voices and through the open windows across the shafts of light clouds of tobacco smoke rose cut briefly away by the darkness but how could she come to dan carroll a man came to the screen door at the rear of the building and opened it she saw the faint arc of light as he tossed his cigarette butt away halloo called mary roughening her voice send danny out to me will you can't you walk cried the man who apparently did not recognize the voice of a woman go get him yourself son she waited a skulking figure slipped out of the darkness and hurried across the open toward the gaming-house she reined her mare across and touched his shoulder with her quirt at that the man leaped sideways very agile he was a small fellow partner said mary i've got a word to say to dan carroll will you take it in to him me said a harsh shrill voice the voice of a chinaman dan carroll never mind and she reined her horse back for she had recognized the accent of kong lee her father's cook this was the explanation then of kong's periods of sudden affluence and sudden poverty but now the little man followed her never mind she repeated i don't need you miss mary said the chinaman whining his astonishment miss mary she writhed in the saddle to be recognized in full daylight would have been bad enough but to be recognized at the door of carroll's gaming-house and saloon in the middle of night was infinitely worse listen to me kong lee she said fiercely i have to see dan carroll i want to see that he's brought out here but i don't want you to tell him my name before any other man understand ay savvy and if you ever tell any one that i've been here i'll i'll tie you by your queue to the limb of a tree till you starve to death kong lee understand ay savvy said kong and he shuddered it was not the first time in her life that mary had threatened him and he considered her quite capable of anything she named but he murmured dan carroll very bad man miss mary don't i know that i'll take care of myself you hurry along he hesitated a moment longer but dread of miss mary's tongue at length made him whirl and shuffle away toward the gaming-house at the door he paused and looked back again but he went on the screen door banging loudly behind him there followed a long pause her mind filled up the vacancy of kong lee approaching the table of the gambler touching his arm and being cursed for a no-good chink but eventually there was a sound of scuffling the screen door burst violently open and kong lee leaped from the lighted interior into the darkness sprawling his arms and legs stretched out before him and the pigtail whipped straight out behind dang carroll sprang into the doorway and poured a hurricane of abuse and profanity after his victim while kong lee darted by crying to mary as he passed bad man very bad man miss mary mr carroll called the girl guarding her voice carroll fell silent at the very sound of the voice he had touched the hat which was never off his head now he stepped cautiously outside there were a hundred men who would have welcomed a chance to shoot carroll securely by night who's there she rode close to him i suppose you know me but my name really doesn't matter i've come on important business mr carroll 
slowly he took off his hat and spun it in his hands she could feel his astonishment even though darkness quite covered his face you're mary valentine hush i am mary valentine i want you to tell me where to find jess drear can you the gambler started drew back and then stepped close to the horse how should i know jess drear he muttered very softly you mean the outlaw he said you did carroll drew in his breath with a hissing sound drear said that he did well he lied that's straight talk and it's true what would i be doing with drear eh he's a man whom i am proud to know said the girl does that make it any easier for you to talk listen said carroll the gent that knows where jess drear is can take down several thousand for telling the sheriff there's a price on him that would stock a ranch that said she is the reason why he can't trust any except men who are above money mr carroll will you tell me where he is did he say i was above money asked the gambler curiously after a pause he didn't but he said you could send me to him and i infer the rest of it you infer too much i can't do it i thought that perhaps you couldn't so i've written out what i have to say to him i have it here in this envelope if i give it to you do you think that you could get it to jestrier i don't know nothing about him of course you don't she extended the letter but maybe you'd keep it for him on the chance that he might call in some day i don't know anything about him repeated the gambler but if you ask me to keep this for you why i'll hang on to it thank you and uh, good night one thing mr carroll i haven't seen you to-night lady the gent that was to say that you'd seen me to-night would have to chew up his talk and swaller it again good night and uh, good luck and he remained standing with his hat in his hand until she was gone into the darkness with a quick patter of hoofs chapter eighteen in the days of his youth someone in the midst of a barroom brawl had stood on dan carroll's nose and the result was that the rest of his life it remained sadly crushed in the centre the nostrils flared out disagreeably from the same cause over a wide thin-lipped sinister mouth and just such a jaw as brings admiration to the bull terrier for dan carroll was the fighting type not brawny but his body made up for flesh by bones and sinews when he turned his head the cords stood out on his neck in spite of his little more than average weight there were tales of dan carroll performing prodigious feats of strength in fact he rarely used a gun in the brawls that often developed in his barroom but was far more apt to trust to his naked hands and it was known that more than one obstreperous drunkard no matter what his size had been lifted and swung crashing through the swinging doors of dan's domain he was not a pretty man to look at aside from his ugly face his shoulders sloped forward so as to give an unhealthy look to his chest and he was remarkably bow-legged when most kids was flat on their backs suckin their thumbs dan used to say i was on my feet trying to get places that's how i come to overstrain my legs dan's moral character was as deformed as his body but it would require a book by itself to deal with his past and as for the name of dan carroll in salt springs it was an offence 
however so long as no one aired his opinion in the hearing of dan carroll he was indifferent to private judgments he was known to run the squarest game in salt springs and to sell the cleanest liquor and for that reason his prosperity waxed and his purse grew fat as he passed through the rooms with the letter stuffed into his hip pocket someone hailed him to rejoin the game which he had just left but he consigned them to another table and went on to the second story of his rambling building he climbed and came to a room in the rear with this sign in great letters upon it storeroom keep out upon this he tapped three short taps a pause and then three more whereupon after a moment's pause but with no preliminary sound of the knob being turned the door was opened swiftly there was no sign of an occupant at first though the storeroom was fitted up as a bedroom and the cigarette smoke was still curling slowly from an ashtray toward the shaded lamp but as dan carroll stepped in the inhabitant who had been standing directly behind the door now closed it and turned to his host it was jess drear neat little trick that said dan carroll sit down jess invited i ain't got a minute i've been wondering if you're getting lonely up here me i'm never lonely besides i hear the boys soaking up the laughter and the booze downstairs and i enjoy a jag at second hand it's cheaper and it don't give you no morning after that's the first economical thing i ever heard you say well jess it's a shame you can't pry your way downstairs and take in some of the loose coin it's floating in in oceans i hate to take it away they come up and pour it into my pockets i don't have to play with the crowd murmured jess i got it down to a finer system you take the stuff from the boys and then i get it from you nothing easier or simpler dan the face of the gambler clouded and he cast an expressive glance at the table as though it recalled gloomy scenes to him you got all the luck he declared that a man was ever born with nope said jess i work on a system what his eyes gleamed while he asked i wait for a hunch and then plunge to the limit the gambler leaned back with a growl of disgust well if you're all right up here i'll go back go ahead but first ain't you forgettin something dan carroll squinted narrowly at his friend for of all the men in the world he would perhaps have named jess drear first in this capacity what do you mean he asked sharply i mean ain't you forgot the thing that brought you up here talk short what's up a girl come here and wanted to see you jess she's here cried the big man in an indescribable tone she was here carroll you turned her away there was something so sinister in his manner so quietly grim that the gambler gave back a little partner would you have wanted me to bring her in where a dozen men might have seen her where there'd been a hundred chances for folks to start talking about her this ain't no lady seminary where they can come callin is it at this jess drear wiped his forehead you're right she give me this letter for you jess he extended the letter and then a rare act of delicacy lest he should see an unwanted emotion in the face of the big man carroll bowed his head and left the room without another glance at his guest but jess drear when the door closed stood for a long moment with the letter unopened at length nervously he ripped the envelope open and shook out the folded paper 
he read dear jess drear i thought at the time that it was not a farewell but i never dreamed that i would have to remember your offer and now i have to come to you for help i have thought and thought but there is really nobody else others might be willing to try but you are the only one who could accomplish it it is an ugly thing out of my past i hurt the feelings of young joe norman and he said something indiscreet about me and my cousin charlie valentine shot him only a slight wound the normans were furious they had no one to put up against charlie so they hunted until they found a professional fighter the low cowards and that man is the notorious judd boone charlie has got to go to salt springs to-morrow for a saddle he won in the bucking contest and the plan as we hear it is for judd boone to meet him and bring on a fight what can i do you see that charlie is really in grave danger for my sake for it all began with me if i were a man but i'm not a man and i have to turn to the bravest and strongest man i know and appeal to jess drear for help can you stop judd boone before he murders charlie mary valentine End of chapter seventeen and eighteen